0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, we're going to begin our grades for the Red Wings offense this season. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty is also host over at Locked On Tigers. Locked On Harold Castro. Locked On Harold, a- Locked On Alex Fiedo.
1: Yes, sir. Right yes, big, big now.
0: Longest winning streak in the MLB right now, currently, Scotty.
1: Yeah, it was the longest before even the, the it was the longest at three. So, that yeah, this is a lot yeah, more about the state of baseball, amazing. though.
0: We're big boy streaking. Big boy streak. And we here on lockdown. Red Wings, however, are going to begin. Actually, it's why I wore the Tigers hat. By the way, that's, that's nice, man. Yeah, uh, little American League logo on the side. I like that. <laughs> um, I just like it.
1: It's a little, nice little. Uh, it is. It's a cool hat. It's cool.
0: Yeah. Um. Cool, man. Here over at Lockdown Red Wings, however, we're going to begin, and I say begin because there's there's 16 forwards that we got to grade this season because it was as my favorite word tends to be this season carousel of forwards. Uh, for the Red Wings. And so we set our baseline minimum yesterday as 10 games played for players. We're going to grade and a lot and of on elements, the roster,
1: the last game of the season, yes, not, not traded. Yeah.
0: yeah, not traded away. So no, no Unfortunately, he gets a plus, whatever. Um, so despite that minimum of 10 games, there are still plenty of Fords, 16 total that we have got to grade and yes. we have to start with the ones that people are going to want to hear about the most, but how the way we're going to break this down is, so we're going to, today we're going to talk about the top line. So Larkin Lucas Raymond, and then Tyler Bertuzzi. I know he spent time on first and second line, but you know, for the purpose of this, once the Mestikov was gone, it was, it was a, it was so it at the beginning
1: and a lot at the end. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, and then after that, because we don't want to give you all the most interesting players in the first, yeah. Well, we don't want to do the
1: whole top six at once, and and we can mix in some some fourth liners within the first liners and just knock out six in a show, and that's yeah. that's more more efficient uh, that way for everybody.
0: We're gonna spread out the talent just like Jeff Blashell did on these uh, on these Absolutely. two, maybe three, depending on how fast we get through these forwards. But I imagine that we'll get through the least amount of forwards on today's episode, especially as I keep lollygagging here. Um, just because there's so much to say about this top line. And yep. I guess we should probably lead off just like yesterday. We led off with Moritz Cider. We should probably lead off with the Ford who saw the most success this season and Dylan Larkin, yep. Scotty, uh, just to give a little, little background for the people out there, Dylan Larkin, as many people know, at this point, he played 71 games, played, uh, had 69 points, 31 goals and 38 assists on the season. He was a fantastic two way player doing, uh, goals, getting doing goals, scoring goals, scoring assists. Um, he would have had he, broken his career high in point totals if not for an injury that he sustained right after the All Star break that ultimately knocked him out near the end of the season, where he needed surgery. Uh, Scotty, what kind of grade do you give the, the captain, Dylan Larkin? Uh an
1: A. I, I think it's I think that's pretty straightforward. Um, if uh, if he was to play like 80 like if he the only way i would have given him an a plus is if like he eclipsed like what 95 points like if he was like pushing 100 points that would have i guess given like i would have given him an a plus but um this is a pretty easy a for me uh he was you know first full like real season i i guess i would say uh, as the captain uh none of the you know, like weird scheduling and we had fans and everything. Um, and, and he was great, maintained point of game pace throughout pretty much the entirety of the season um, played hurt for at least a little bit. still producing as well. Uh, and while the, the production may have dipped a little bit from when, you know, in the first half at, at a point, he was over a point of game. So it might have evened out a little bit, but uh, was still productive. Um, And and I think the biggest thing with him, kind of like we talked about in the last episode, just going through and talking about expectations and and how each letter grade is is based off who we're grading. And I, I just, if going into the season, the big question for a lot of people was still, can Dylan Larkin be a one C on a contending team? And I think this season that he proved that he could. Not necessarily that he needs to be the uh, or or that he. I don't even know how to word what what's in my brain right now. Not
0: necessarily that Me, every day of my life.
1: That, <laughs> not necessarily that he is the um, like bonafide fide one A and you don't need to give him like very much talent around him like kind of a, a player, right? Uh yeah, but he's not
0: like Connor McDavid who could fly down the ice and do it all himself.
1: Right. Yeah, but but um and he he could be like no one would complain obviously if we got some other like top end one C that would either uh play like a lot of minutes at the two C or move Larkin down to two C. I don't think anyone would like obviously complain about that but I think that he proved in his play this year at least enough that he can be the 1c uh for a, a contending team and with that is is why it's it's a pretty easy a for me
0: yeah I completely agree I mean you look at the advanced metrics as well I mean obviously we know what he did on the ice point total wise which again would have crushed his career um best at that point but he also had led the red wings with the best expected goals above replacement with 18.4 and his expected goals above, above yeah, expected goals above replacement actually exceeded his real goals above replacement which would tell you that despite how well he played given the position he was putting himself in and putting others in the Red Wings should have had more points because of Dylan right. Larkin. Dylan Larkin should have gotten more points based on the situations he was putting himself into and the situations he was creating. So not only was he having a career year on his own, it could have been even better if the team around him could have finished on those chances. Now the only the only knock on him is his you know his defensive percentages in the 13th percentile percent this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just barely finished negative, and a lot of that again has to do with you know, the people around him His his even strength defense expected goals above replacement was like a negative two, whereas expected goals above replacement for even strength offense was like 15. But the team's sure. defense as a whole was really, really bad. So I'm it's one of those yeah, things where don't you, think... you take that into account. It's really not just Larkin. It was more of a overarching problem.
1: Right. I, I don't think people realize how difficult it is. Well, I shouldn't say that people don't realize. I'm sure a lot of people do realize it. Just a figure of speech. I, I think it's um, it, it's interesting that it is so difficult to play, like, a really locked-down individual defensive game when, like, no one else on your team is. Like, when, when you have poor team defense, it's very hard to have good individual defense, especially – in the game of hockey, because the positioning changes a whole hell of a lot, right? If you don't have faith in the rest of your team defensively, as I'm sure, I mean, I mean, you obviously being a defenseman, can, like, can attest to the the difference of, of of strategy and the difference of positioning and all of that. What when you're on a, a good defensive unit and a poor defensive unit, you know what I mean? So, I, I think that while that is something that you would like to see higher, and it's not a complete bailout. Uh, it's also very difficult to to have one and not the other.
0: Yeah, I mean, despite the the slight negative uh, uh, connotation that comes with him being like a negative two and even strength defense, overall he is a top ten percent player in the league when it comes to goals above replacement. You know, he ranks uh in the ninetieth percentile, so top ten percent. His even strength offense alone is, or total offense alone is ninety five percent. So when it comes to just calculating right. his offense, he's top 5% in the league at generating offense. So, I mean, that just goes to show how good of a player he is and further reinforces how wrong a lot of us probably were about whether or not he can be that, you know, a a leading center on a Stanley Cup contender. His shooting percentage this year, again, was close to 15%. And when I say, again, last year he slumped pretty badly and this year he came back and he was above the league average in shooting percentage, especially in, in, um, you know, in a a game what I'm trying to say here now I'm struggling with words a game where goaltending is never been better especially if you saw Jake Ottinger the other night so he exceeded expectations for almost everyone I know and we talked a lot about that yesterday all these grades are different for every individual person based on the expectations given to them um, given to them and the expectation for Dylan Larkin was yes to have a much better year than he did last year but right. I don't think either of us were really our expectations coming in the year were for him to have a career year like he would have had if he had not gotten injured. And so, I mean, he's an easy A. Easy A. Easy A. Just like Built Bar, imagine dipping your finger into that, that plastic tub of birthday cake. I'm trying to do this while I do the read. And oh, then nice. opening your eyes oh, and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs and... They're actually
1: really They're damn good. They're so good. They're yeah. so good. It's, I'm crushing my box. It's, it's crazy how good it is.
0: That's a clip. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and 9 grams of sugar, this limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it and they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Bilt.com and get birthday cake puffs now. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, segment two, we are giving, beginning to do our grades for the forward core of the Detroit Red Wings. And we did Dylan Larkin. We both agreed A. Let's move on now to the rookie who early in the season, Scotty, we really thought was probably going to be a Calder finalist. Now, he still had a really damn good season, despite the fact that he didn't finish as a finalist. He had 57 points in 82 games played. He was much like Sider. He was one of the three players on the Red Wings who played all 82 games. And that's astonishing for a 19-year-old, then turned 20-year-old rookie playing on the top line of an NHL team. He had 57 points, 23 goals as a rookie and a total of 34 assists. So another player who is easily getting goals and easily getting assists, especially at the front half of that season. Scotty, what are you going to give Lucas Raymond?
1: Uh, I think this is a pretty easy A as well. Uh, this is, um, I, I think the only thing that could have made this an A-plus is, is if he like won the Calder. <laughs> like, uh, I think this is a pretty easy A. And, and again, it goes back to going into the season. I mean, a lot of people, we weren't really, unless your name's Nolan Bianchi, like not too many people really expected him to even make the team. And then when he, we were like, oh, like he's going to be in, in preseason, he's going to be in camp and everything. Everybody was impressed. And then, you know, Verona and, and everybody's like, okay, well, how are we going to manage this? Because they had some injury problems. And the next thing you know, Lucas Raymond is, is on the lineup and opening night. And then very early on in the season, he's put on the first line and it's just never looked back. Like it's just, yeah, Lucas Raymond, the first liner, like almost right away. And going into that role as, as a 19 year old rookie coming over again, the fan base wasn't even really convinced that you were going to make this team period. And you make the team. And on top of making the team, you play first line minutes. All season, essentially. It's remarkably impressive. The production definitely tailed off a little bit in the second half. But, again, having a, a first-liner play all 82, his production was solid. Uh, I think everybody understands and believes that he is part of the, the essential core future of this team. Um, I, I think this is, again, about as easy of an A as, as it gets.
0: Yeah, I mean – you, you go again, go back to those expectations. And I was in that camp where I didn't think Lucas Raymond coming into camp was going to make the team. And even though he was playing really well, and I mean, it didn't take long for Jacob Brown to get injured, but I thought that that forward core was really stacked, especially with the signings that Eisen had made in the off season, you know, the acquisition acquisition of guys like Carter Rowney, who he had signed in the off season. And then also, you know, keeping guys like Mitchell Stevens and Adam Ernie I thought that the forward core was just too log jammed with vets to really have a place for Lucas Raymond. And then he showed up to camp, he showed up, he showed out, and he was phenomenal for the Red Wings immediately earning a spot on the top line. And early in the season, we had a lot of discussion of whether or not you know his success came because he was playing on the top line with Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin. But then it's not fair to, that, to make that excuse for Lucas Raymond's success and then not be able to say the same thing. Really, what it is is they just had great chemistry. So, yeah, Lucas Raymond was feeding off of Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, but it was going the, both ways. You could argue that Dylan Larkin, a lot of Dylan Larkin's success is because he was becoming, playing with such a high IQ player like right. Lucas Raymond. Because that's the one thing that stands out the most when you're talking about Lucas Raymond is his hockey IQ. It especially early in the early in the season before the wear and tear of the season began to like slow him down a little bit, you could see like the wheels turning when he was making plays, making plays that you know veterans weren't expecting him to make. So it's just why I like absolutely agree with you. He's he's an easy A. Um, just to rattle off a couple other fun facts for you guys, he was a just point one relative to his teammates expected goals for percentage. And I think a lot of that took a hit during the second half of the season. When the team began giving up um, a lot of goals against per game. You saw the flaws in his defensive game. That's something that Lucas Raymond is going to have to shore up, but by far and away, based on the expectations I had, which was, I didn't think he was going to make the team for him to go out there and have 57 points on the top right. line of the Detroit openings, Easiest AM ever going to give him. Uh, he also was third on the team and expected goals above replacement with 9.3. So, Easy A. I don't know what else to say. Lucas Raymond, easy A. love the EZA. kid. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, another guy who, when it comes to expectations, I think I it was a guy where I wasn't really sure what to expect, especially given the fact that he played what, not nine games last season, and then he had season ending. Was it back surgery or shoulder surgery? Someone in the comments will remind me exactly what it was, but it was a major surgery that um, finally ended his season after they yeah. kept it under wraps coming back from that. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I knew he, had, he was a 20 goal potential player, but I wasn't sure how ready he was going to, how well he was going to bounce back. Um, he ended the season with, Oh, I almost closed out of the tab by accident. That would have been bad. He ended of the Dang season with real. 62 points, 30 goals and 32 assists. And again, you saw that with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. It was an even distribution of goals and assists. Tyler Bertuzzi, another one of those guys. I think, Scotty, easily, that entire top line, A's across the board.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think um, uh, not really too much to add. Like, uh, you, you pretty much, I, I think, nailed everything. Like, there, there was a lot of um, somewhat uncertainty about him coming off the injury, uh, like the contract situation, everything, and for him to show up And drop 30 in a season where he he didn't play in a single game in Canada is pretty uh, encouraging for what he he could possibly continue to grow into. And uh, I I think that this is all highlighted by the post-trade deadline comments where Iserman all but said, um, well, actually all and said, (laughs) quite (laughs) literally said uh, that they're trying to ink, him in long-term and he's part of the long-term plans for this team so um i i think this is another easy a and uh on top of that i, I think steve thinks it's an easy a which is uh, m- much more valuable than than anybody else's uh letter grade on him
0: Well, and I think what makes him such a surprise this season was I could, I saw him as a 20 goal scorer, but never in my life did I see him as a 30 goal scorer. And yeah, his 30th goal came on an empty netter with like five seconds left in the final game. Doesn't matter. 30 goals on the season. And he did that in 68 games played because, like, to your credit, Scotty, he only, he couldn't play in Canada. So he only played 68 games. You got to imagine you prorate that to an 82 game season. He's probably 65, 67 uh, points on the season. He, that's, that's, you know, it's not like an elite level production, but for a guy who's marketed for his physicality and his grit, for him to have that level of skill as
1: well is, oh, is really like,
0: appealing.
1: And, and with so much success on the second line, like, could you imagine? Oh yeah. That's like when this team line. is like really filled out, like being able to have a 30 goal score on your second line for a competitive team, that's, that's lethal. That's so lethal. So uh, yeah, all around. A's across the board for those three guys, absolutely. And he led the Red Wings,
0: um, in mm-hmm. his expected goals four percentage relative to his teammates. Oh. He had a .32. He was number one on the Red Wings, so he was the best player on his ice in a sixty-minute game compared to all of his teammates, and that is really telling to what he can do. I, I like to compare. That people are going to think this is a bad comparison by what I'm about to say, but he is just because of how Abduker's season ended. But he is a, or career ended. But he is a career. more skilled. Justin Ablocator. Justin Ablocator was marketed for his grit, for his toughness, and his body unfortunately gave out. He never really had a ton of the skill. You saw as soon as, and I mean, relative to other NHL talent, he's an NHL player, and so he had skill, but, you know, a lot of his production came off playing on a line with Dylan or uh, Pavel Datsuk. And I, my fear was when they moved him down the second line, it was going to be a similar case. Playing with Dylan Larkin is how he got a lot of his points. No, they put him down the second line, and the second line started producing more,
1: right? His style of play translates to wherever, whatever situation, whatever team, whatever line you put him on, his style of play will translate and be wildly beneficial.
0: It's just that who, so if he's a much, if he's a more skilled, just an applicator, remember during the trade deadline, there were reports that people were working. GMs are considering him as a less skilled Brad Marshall as right. a compliment. Because that's the type of player he is, where he can yeah exactly he he can be put in any situation because of his strength, his toughness. Like he can get the puck, he can get down in the dirty areas, and he can dig the puck out. But then on the flip side, he's also got enough skill to bury the puck, make nice moves. Like he's he's good with the puck in tight. It's just he is like the complete package. And the only thing you know you wonder about him is a player of his play style how long that they, they can last. But we right. see with guys like Brad Marchand that. Sometimes they don't have a problem with that. So if he can keep the skill level going, he can be a lethal weapon on this team going forward. I mean, again, easy A. I could I could keep going on how how much Tyler and Petruzzie impressed me this season.
1: Absolutely, easy A's across the board so far.
0: I like it. Let's. I wonder if we'll keep that trend going. Got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue the number one. To be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info, find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is a continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, final segment here. We can wrapped up our grades for the top line. A's across the board, which I've got a gut feeling will not continue into segment three here as we um, spend this last segment digging into the more of the depth players on the, on the forward core, your third, your fourth liners, and your extras. Any guy who played over 10 minutes on this team. I think the, the first one we should probably go to if we're really going to pivot hard away from the super exciting players, um, let's knock Taro Hirose out. He played 15 games with the Red Wings. He was one of the first guys to get called up um, when injuries occurred. He only had four points in those 15 games, three assists, one goal. Um, I think the grade for Taro Hirose is going to be pretty mild just because I don't think expectations were all that high for him.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, they're... I mean, coming into the season, I'm not even really sure you you would have been able to convince me that he would have played in 15 games. Like, I, that's you know what I mean. Like, that's that in itself was just kind of a scramble because we had some injury problems at points. Sure. And um, so yeah, like I, I don't know. Like if you, if you had to put a letter grade on it, um, C minus.
0: That's exactly what I was gonna say.
1: Like uh, you know, not in his 15 games he didn't wow anybody and in his 15 games he didn't make you think like damn i wish it was 16 but he also <laughs> wasn't he he wasn't like um he, he wasn't put in like big situations he he wasn't a liability because he was getting fourth line like eight you know seven to nine minutes a night um yeah i, I think a c minus if if
0: c is meeting expectations. Like we're just going with C as a solid, you C know, average like, grade. Right, you are what we thought you were. Right. He, in my eyes, is the definition of a replacement level player. When we talk about goals above replacement and stuff like that, it, it refers to a player who is replaceable on a roster. He right, like is that guy.
1: Level players, yeah.
0: He is the hockey version of the four A level player. He's a he's going to be a what I, in my opinion, will probably be a career AHLer. But when there's injury occurs, he'll be the first guy to get called up because he will be not a complete liability when he's on the NHL sheet right. of ice. So looking at his more advanced metrics this season, he was a negative 0.62 expected goals for percentage per 60 minutes, which essentially means that per 60 minutes, when he is playing, when he is on the ice, he is contributing to almost negative one goal a game. Almost. And that his expected goals above replacement in those 15 games played was negative 0.9. So he's giving, basically giving up a goal less or scoring one less goal than a replacement level player would. So that's why I give him a C minus because while he wasn't a complete liability, he didn't necessarily meet that expectation for a replacement level player either and i'm not i'm just not gonna a c minus because i'm also just not gonna kill the guy i mean he got called up in a tough situation right so like i feel like
1: c minus is 15 just games fair. and had fourth line minutes that, yeah nobody like, that is put in that situation is going to be such a liability that they're going to get too much worse than a, like, yeah. a C yeah I, I
0: just i can't i can't kill the guy for that he yeah. he came up and he played in a tough situation and he wasn't like I said, he wasn't a complete liability out there. He he filled the role and he filled the minutes. You know, he was it yep. sounds rude to say this, but he was essentially a warm body for the Detroit Red Wings, which is why I give him a C minus.
1: Yep. Agreed.
0: Um, I'm gonna let you choose the next uh Ford you want to do. Um just say a name. We'll knock her out.
1: Let's do you want to do Rowney?
0: Yeah, we could do Carter Rowney. This is an interesting one.
1: Uh, I' this think so, guy too.
0: He he only played twenty six games. He got hurt, got healthy, yeah. went on a tear, immediately got hurt again. Uh, right. He ended up having only six points, four goals, and two assists in twenty six games played. Um, insane shooting percentage in that span though twenty six percent. Four goals uh, as a, a bottom, you know, as a bottom six forward, and like what three of those came in that week when he was healthy. So he just did not take a lot of shots it, throughout the it's season. It's really
1: difficult too, like with the expectations game with him because uh I think going into the season we expected him to be the 4C. Yeah, like, I, I and he was, should you know that was the expectation and and he was that when he played, but it's hard to be like, "Oh yeah, like everyone expected him to be the 4C for I think the entire year barring uh you know him being terrible and Um, so I, I think it's a little difficult to grade based on expectation because, because of the injury, like he didn't play very much and you can't really, you know, predict or, or try to account for injury when you're basing, you know, your expectations on somebody on the year. So,
0: well, then you get into the interesting territory territory too, is like, do you hold those injuries? Like when you talk about your expectations, do you account for injuries in the grading process? Cause like part of you is like, you could because right. That's exactly right. That's my point. Like, I, fine I, be, I don't ahead.
1: think I ever want
0: to do that. I don't think it's right either. Cause injuries are a freak thing that happened and he can't control that. Um, That being said, I I'm fine. I can't give him more than a C. I think when he right. played, he met expectations for what we
1: needed him to be. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a, a, a pretty much a, a poster child C as well. And it's, I mean, it's one of those things where, again, if he was able to, to play a full season and, and if that like week and a half or whatever, like heater he went on could have maybe been extended, you know, a, a little bit longer and extended to a point where um, we, we might have been able to get some actual production out of him at the 4C. It could have been a a, a much different story, and um, but I mean he was valuable when he did play. It's just it's really hard to to give somebody who you expected to play like seventy five to eighty two anything more than a C because they you know only played in 20 whatever games. And so, when he was
0: on uh, the like, ice, he, he, he was a positive asset to the correct, Rams. Yeah. And so
1: it, yeah. Like any, any, you know, CC C plus, I, I, I think is I mean, totally fair, but I think um, I will, it's difficult to, to go any it's difficult to go too much higher than that, just because we're talking about a fourth liner at the end of the day, but it's even more difficult because of the big difference in um, expected games, played and t- games ended up being played I think I will um go to a c change
0: bar. my answer to, to a c plus because once you take into account like so when he did play um, he did have the fifth best expected goals above replacement on the team at three point four so he provided it was expected that he would provide three point four more goals you know uh, than a replacement level player. And then uh, when it comes to war, he's in the same spot. He provided ex- expected war, or expected wins above replacement, rather. I'm sorry, he's exactly at, or, sorry, wrong column. Let me restart. His expected wins above replacement is at .6. There you go. So he provided more than a replacement level player, which is exactly what you're looking for out of a guy who you, you, you signed to be a fourth liner. So I think right. I will you know edit it and make it a... C plus just from the fact that he when he did play was a little bit better than we signed him to be. But just right. by a smidge.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. C
0: plus works for me. Yeah, uh, we're running out of time here. I don't know if you want to knock out one more quick one. Or if you
1: also want to save it for part two. I think we save it. Save it
0: for part got the two. Whole
1: first line done. Got some uh, got some death pieces done. I think uh, I think that's a show.
0: All right. And we will be back with you guys Tomorrow. Scotty, you got any final thoughts? We ball and uh, Harold Castro for president. Harold Castro for president. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from the local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, back with you for part two tomorrow. Same time, same place. See your team.